Before we start, I just want to let everyone know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your first purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, October 21st, year of our Lord, 2020. We are one day closer to the conclusion of the Major League Baseball season. The World Series started last night and Game 1 ended. It was a Dodger beatdown. I will talk about that for a majority of the show. But first, I got, I got an itch that I just need to scratch right now. And that's that before yesterday's ball game started, Rob Manfred, in an interview with the Associated Press, made some comments. These are unsurprising comments, uh, knowing what we know about Rob Manfred as the commissioner here. And I'm going to talk about those. I, I will just say, I'm I'm not someone who, for from day one, was a Rob Manfred hater. Like He came into the commissioner's office and pretty much straight up laid out the fact that, look, I'm going to make some changes. I think baseball needs changes. And you know what? As a diehard baseball fan, as somebody who loves the sport, I said, hey, look, we'll see where it goes. I'm not against this. People can try to deny it all they want, but baseball is a sport that is decreasing in popularity and has been, you know, with with a few exceptions, you know, a few ebbs and flows, but for the most part has been really since the steroid era, you know, since all that stuff came out. It's the the game of baseball has been hurt since then, and we just had another scandal with the with the Astros that I think is only going to hurt the game even more. So when Manfred initially came out and said, "I want to make some changes," I was like, "All right." Uh, the, the, let's let's see where it goes. I am going to talk about Game 1 of the World Series, by the way, but ultimately, it wasn't a very interesting game at all, so I'm kind of stalling here, and I do want to get this stuff off my chest. So he said he wanted to make some changes. Okay, cool. And then he started to make some changes, and I was not a huge fan of all of them. Some I was okay with. I thought the backlash against him was a little bit ridiculous. Before I really rip into the comments he made yesterday, I will say, I don't think Rob Manfred is a bad person. Right? I think he's hilariously, tragically, I, I guess saying hilariously and tragically is kind of a contradiction, but, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. So I guess hilariously and tragically uh, misguided is my are, are my thoughts on him. But the comments he made yesterday, right before Game 1 of the World Series, are just, they're so tone-deaf. And I'm actually a little bit disturbed by them. Not in the sense that they're 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 ugly or awful things to say, but it's very clear to me that he just has no perception. He has no ability to read the room. And to me, it goes beyond just like being aloof. Like it's actually a little bit disheartening and sad. This should be a big crowning achievement for baseball. Baseball is about to wrap up their season, which is something that even in 60 games, a whole lot of people did not think that they would do. They had COVID outbreaks during the season. And you know what? Look, I, I criticize Manfred all the time. It's where you do have to give him some credit. They tightened down the protocols. I give them a lot of credit for that. They made the necessary adjustments to make sure that they got to the end of the season. And they are doing something right now that a lot of people, including myself, really did not think that they would be able to do. They're playing the World Series but not just playing World Series, they're playing it in a bubble in front of fans, which is a very impressive feat, absolutely. But he came out yesterday, and right before Game 1 of the World Series, just straight up said, 
I love the expanded playoffs. We might stick with them. I love starting extra innings with runners on second base in the regular season. I think we might stick with that. It is amazing to me how not on the pulse of the baseball world Rob Manfred's finger is. Like I want I want to know who his second in command is. I want to know who's in his ear. Like does he have a political analogy here but like there's a lot of people who believe that when George W. Bush was president that Dick Cheney was kind of running the country and Cheney was kind of in his ear telling him what to say. Like I wish honestly that Manfred had a guy like that. I wish Manfred had a guy in his ear who said, "Hey Rob, maybe before game 1 of the freaking World Series you shouldn't say that you like two rule changes that a whole lot of people hate. It is startling to me, his lack of perception. Like, why can't someone just sit this guy down and say, can you just shut up for five seconds? Can he just let us enjoy the World Series for one day before he says something stupid? He's just so blissfully unaware of the moment, and I find it, frankly... A little bit disturbing, and I just I wanted to get that off of my chest because I saw some people commenting about it, and this is this is a guy who I, I honestly think would benefit from actually being on social media because if he would see the social media, and again, Twitter is not a hotbed for common sense. That's why you know I don't I, I kind of stopped tweeting over the last week or so. But like even so, it, he's a guy who I wish would be able to look at the comments and, and be able to read the room. Like at, at a certain point, I know Twitter is not necessarily a great gauge for what is right and what is wrong but when something is so universally hated maybe you should realize perhaps it's me maybe i'm the one making dumb decisions maybe i'm the one making dumb comments and here i don't know like to me if they expand the postseason if they stick with the 16 team postseason going forward i i don't i don't know what my level of interest will be in this sport next year because it won't even be the same it won't even be like you're you're watching the same sport anymore. It'll be just be some fabricated version of what used to be a game that I love. It's like this guy has taken so many things about baseball that make it pure, that make it awesome, and he's just deformed it. He's maimed it. He's, he's mutilated it. I'm tired of it. Stop! There is literally nobody else at the helm that I would rather have less leading baseball through what's been a very tumultuous season than him. He's done just such a poor job. All right, well, sorry to bring down the mood of the show, but I did want to vent about that a little bit. Uh, But that's actually going to be a wrap on segment one when I come back for segment two. I'm going to recap game one of the World Series that went down yesterday between the Dodgers and the Rays. It was a beatdown by L.A. We will be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Thank you very much for tuning in, and thank you for sticking with me during that first segment. Game 1 of the World Series, I'm trying to think about this now, because I've been watching World Series since I was... Man, I think the first one I watched was 2003, Marlins-Yankees. So, you know, it's that's that that's a fair amount of time where, like, I'm not, I'm not going to consider myself Tim Kirchin here, but, like, I think I, I have a gauge kind of on what's what makes a good World Series, what makes a not-so-good World Series. 
I can't recall a more boring Game 1, and I can't recall ever watching Game 1 of the World Series and immediately thinking, yeah, this thing might be a sweep. And I think there's only been one sweep in that, that time period that I'm talking about. It was 2012, of course, of course, my Tigers getting their teeth kicked in by the San Francisco Giants. But at the very least, that series and Game 1, you had, as much as it broke my heart, some intriguing storylines. You had a, a pitcher in Verlander who was rolling, getting rocked. You had Pablo Sandoval hitting three home runs. Like There was some interesting or unique stuff being played there at AT&T Park. Yesterday, game one, uh, this was such a manhandling. And I got to just call it what it is, a worst-case scenario for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, the Rays are a gritty team, and they have fought back from some deficits this season. They fought back from some deficits this postseason. You know, there was a lot of teams that, after blowing those three straight games against the Astros, would have tanked in Game 7. They didn't. They came back. They won Game 7. They went on to the World Series, and obviously they lost Game 1 yesterday. But everyone they needed to show up yesterday didn't show up and everyone that Dodgers hoped would show up did. I mean, it was it was just worst-case scenario for Tampa Bay. A lot of credit to Los Angeles. You know, I, I said this yesterday where I felt like not having very many days off, only having a day off in between the end of the NLCS and the beginning of the World Series may have actually done them some good. Well, that showed yesterday because they looked like a team that was seasoned. They looked like a team that didn't have any days off, that was ready, that was prepared. Their entire lineup top to bottom was just a monster. And and it should be. Like, this is one of the most talented lineups of all time. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith, Cody Bellinger. You got Cody Bellinger batting sixth in a lineup. Cody Bellinger was, uh, I think, a unanimous MVP last season. Like, that just shows how deep this lineup is, and they were lethal yesterday. I mean, eight runs. They won eight to three. I I think I might have even forgotten to to say what the final score was for the people who may not have watched. You didn't miss a whole lot. Clayton Kershaw. Got to talk about him first, and I will talk about Tyler Glass now, who, who laid an egg yesterday. It wasn't completely his fault, but most of it was. Clayton Kershaw was absolutely brilliant. I mean, only 78 pitches, but they didn't need to pitch him more than they did. Six innings, two hits, one run. It wasn't earned run, a home run, a solo shot given up to Kevin Kiermeyer. One walk and eight strikeouts. That was the best of regular season Kershaw pitching in the postseason. And Kershaw's given good performances in October before, but this was among his best. He's got to do it one more time. If he does it one more time, I know he had that dud against Atlanta, five innings, four earned, but if he does it one more time, I think we'll look at this as some demons being exercised off of Clayton Kershaw. He's been good more than he hasn't been in this postseason, and yesterday he was absolutely remarkable. He was he was sensational, carried on. I mean, they got eight runs. They didn't need eight runs. You know, those a few would have been all they needed because Kershaw was just awesome. On the other end, Tyler Glass now is pitiful. Four and a third, three hits, six earned runs, six walks, and eight strikeouts. 112 pitches for Tyler Glass now. Now, I love Kevin Cash. I think Kevin Cash is a genius. I still contend Kevin Cash is probably a top two manager in this game. I I mean, he might, he might take the top spot pretty soon here. I, I put Terry Francona number one, and maybe a lot of that is carryover from what I thought was a master class in the 2016 postseason. But I think both in terms of managing his players and just managing the game strategically. I put Tito number one. I put Kevin Cash number two. I think he's phenomenal. I don't know what the hell he was thinking yesterday. And what he did yesterday, stretching Glass now, 112 pitches for Tyler Glass now, that has to be a season high. It might even be a career high for Tyler Glass now. I'll have to look that up. I think it, it is. It is. I think it has to be. Or at least with 
with Tampa Bay. It makes no sense and completely goes against everything that Kevin Cash had, had done all season. You, How in the world? Explain this to me, because the one defense I heard, I still don't agree with his decision to pull Charlie Morton in Game 7 of the ALCS as early as he did, but the one defense I heard, and it was a fair argument, was that this is how Kevin Cash has managed his bullpens and managed his starting pitching all year. Why do anything different in Game 7 of the ALCS? That's a fair point. My response to that is you do something different when you have a pitcher that that was dealing the way that Charlie Morton was dealing in that game. But even so, I, I understand the argument. So how do you explain to me pulling Charlie Morton when he basically had a no-hitter going in their in your biggest game of the season on 68, 66 pitches and stretching Tyler Glass now for 112 pitches. Especially because, again, we've seen a lot of people, I've talked about this before, where does this sense of accomplishment come from for Tyler Glass now? What's Tyler Glass now done? I'm so baffled by this. Tyler Glass now has become a meme because he throws hard. Yes, the guy's got an electric fastball. What is his signature moment? If I'm ranking pitchers in Major League Baseball, I'm not putting Tyler Glass now top 30. In terms of stuff, top 10, sure. A lot of guys have great stuff. Bruce Rondon had great stuff. Joe Jimenez is good stuff. They tanked out in the Major Leagues. I didn't think he pitched well yesterday. I, it didn't make sense for Kevin Cash to stretch him the way he did. And it ultimately cost him. You know, I what, did it make that big a difference? No, they were going to lose last night, and they they looked like a team that was completely winded. And I think I think they started to show a little bit of fatigue, really, in the ALCS. You know, they were so hot there for a while. They put so much effort into beating the Yankees that they kept that train rolling in the first three games of the ALCS. Were able to find just enough of another gear to be able to carry themselves into the World Series with that uh, great Game Seven win against the Astros, but they looked winded even last night, and the offense for the Dodgers uh, looked hot. And Mookie Betts was absolutely brilliant. And one thing I, I alluded to a little bit, and I think it's an argument that's starting to not carry much weight, is Mookie Betts, traditionally in October, had not been very good, but he's been excellent for them. You know, made some great defensive plays in the NLCS, but he was he changed that game yesterday. Great base running, showed off all five of his tools. And again, I, I hope we get to a point and look, I would be, I'd be fine personally if the Red Sox are never good again. But I hope we can get to a point where we can just appreciate Mookie Betts' talent and not just talk about him as the guy who the Red Sox traded away. Like, I think you're kind of doing him a disservice at this point. Now, I, I get the meme. I get the amount of people who point and laugh at the Red Sox. You go from a team that had the best baseball team in the last 20 years in 2018 to a team that was fighting, trying to get the number one pick, and they couldn't even do that. They ended up finishing with the number four pick. Like, I get the meme, but at the same time, they weren't going to re-sign him. They weren't going to sign him long-term. Should they have? Yeah. Did they have the money to? Absolutely. But they weren't going to. They were not going to. And so they traded him. And I think Jeter Downs and Alex Verdugo are going to be really good players. Are they Mookie Betts? No. Who is? And I, I get I get the frustration. I get the argument. I get the jokes. But it's like, I watch Mookie Betts play. I don't think, oh man, that's the guy who the Red Sox traded. I say, that's a generational talent. That's one of the best baseball players we've seen. And he put it on full display 
last night. It was just a thoroughly dominant performance by a Dodgers team that is showing poise right now that I've never really seen them show. I've put together, I've seen them put together workmanlike efforts in the postseason before. You know, 2017 rolling through the NLDS and the NLCS, but then they got to the World Series and they really panicked. It's like other Dodger teams in the postseason seem to have peaked in October at weird times. We've seen them peak in the NLDS. We've seen them peak in the NLCS. It seems like they're peaking in the World Series now. The only team I think that's standing in their way, honestly, is themselves. And I don't. I'm not going to say the series is completely over, right? But the th- and this has been the case from day one. This is not an anti-raised thing. It, it doesn't matter who the Dodgers are playing. We knew from day one if the Dodgers stayed relatively healthy, every single day. We would look at the matchups and say the Dodgers were likely to beat their opponents. They are better than every baseball team in this sport, bar none, period. And they were better than every team in this postseason. Now, they've been more talented than other teams in the past, and they came up short. But it seems like right now, they they found that other gear. And the Rays are a team that wins playing chess. You know, they win making smart managerial moves, putting together a lineup that is smart on paper against a a, a particular pitcher. You know, if you have a right-handed pitcher, you put a G-man Choi in the lineup. If you have a lefty, you turn it over. They're very smart with that. But there does come a point where you face a team that, also incorporates analytics the way the Dodgers do, but even more so just has more talent than you do. And I saw them running into a buzzsaw last night. Maybe they'll turn things around. They got Snell on the mound this evening, I believe. I'm not sure who the Dodgers have, but either way, I think uh, it's not necessarily lining up right now for the Rays to be that successful, but weirder things have happened in the past. So that will do it. For today's show, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find the link to my YouTube page where I posted a movie review recently for the great film, The Trial of the Chicago 7. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star written review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much for listening and go Tigers.